<coughs> we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. The Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. We are Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we break down the second week of training camp and much, much more. Hey, Dub, what's the good word, fam? I think it's all good over here, Prez. How about you, man? Well, you know, I'm back in the land after a week off. No work, no podcasting, just a week of drinking and being out in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> How was it, man? Bro, man, dude, had a villa that was steps away from the beach and the ocean, bro. I'm talking about every night going to sleep with the sound of the ocean outside your fucking room. Man, I'm telling you, bro, like, now I'm looking outside and I'm looking at my garage that hasn't been built. What a difference a week makes, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly, man. Well, it sounds like you had a great a great time, man. I need to steal that joy of yours, man. Get myself on vacation and enjoy that kind of moment. Yeah, man. And I will say this, man. It was long needed, man, because I haven't really truly unplugged. I mean, you know, 2020 was tough, you know, just for a lot of people. I had a rough year. This was a really good opportunity to just unplug, be with the family, man, and just man, get back to the basics, man. Not being on any sort of electronics, no podcast and no work email. Like, dude, just, man, just do what life is meant for, man. And I think that was really great, man, just to have that time. Man, that sounds therapeutic, brother. I love it. But here we are. Audience, we are back. Prez is back. A-Dub <laughs> is back. And listen, even though I wasn't plugged into what was going on, we still had some people that was out giving us some insights on what was going on with the team. So we had a couple people out there that, representing um, at Howells Hall, checking in some of the practices for us, gave us some good nuggets for the show. A-Dub was doing his homework. And, you know, even though I was in a, on the island, I was still seeing what the hell was going on with the team. Who am I kidding? I love the Bears. I'm going to follow this team wherever I am. I don't care what the hell was going on. So, <laughs> audience, we got a lot to unpack on this show today. So, like A-Dub mentioned, we're going to recap and break down the second week of training camp. But before we get into that, A-Dub, Jimbo Covert was elected into the Hall of Fame, brother. Another Chicago Bear in the Hall of Fame, bro. Hey, man, you got to enjoy that, Prince. I love it, man. I mean, it was well overdue. I'm glad he in, man. Listen, another 85 Bear that was elected to the Hall of Fame. And you know what the best part of this whole induction was? Is listening to him talk about Walter Payton. He shared that really cool story about Walter Payton. And I was like, man, dude, I mean... <laughs> We were just talking on the last episode about the greatness of sweetness. We shouted him out for his birthday. We talked about how great that family is and that legacy that he left behind. But just hearing Jimbo Covert and one of the ultimate achievements of his career talking about Walter Payton, that just shows you that lasting impact that that guy had on so many people and also so many of his teammates. 
Yeah, Perez, man, I enjoyed that part of his speech, man, his Hall of Fame speech. And he mentioned that, hey, Walter Payton used to bust in his room, <laughs> jump on his belly top of a man, and pretty much tell him, good morning, sunshine. Time to kick some ass. <laughs> That's what he said, man. I thought that was an awesome story too, man. But the other one as well, in addition to that, Perez, I thought he t- told a good story about Mike Dicker as well when he first came to the Bears, you know? The good news, we going out to the Super Bowl. The bad news is that everyone won't be there with us when we do. <laughs> And that was awesome because I remember a couple of the 85 Bears told that story and they said Mike Dickey came in there, he cleaned house, you know, and he changed the culture because he probably realized, man, there's a lot of fucking assholes on this team. A lot of these guys don't really give a shit and they're not going to, they don't have that winning DNA, right? And he probably knew coming from Dallas and also the fact that Mike Dicka is the epitome of a Chicago Bear. So he looked around that room and was like, you guys are jokes in here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. And Jimbo described it as, hey, look, Mike Dicker established pride in, in that locker room, man. And that's a great thing, Chris. So salute to Mike Dicker on that, man. Salute to Jimbo on that part, too. That's right. And rest in peace, Walter, again. And, and you know what the, the funniest part about when he talked about Walter? As he talked about Walter, basically his voice sounded like Michael Jackson. So I'm just imagining yeah. <laughs> Walter in that voice talking about, let's go kick some ass. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. That got to be awesome, bro. That just tells you what kind of guy Walter Payton really was. You know, had fun with his team, a great teammate. And you got to love that, man. You got to enjoy that part. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Let's get into some of what's going on here with our current team. So, A-Dub, last week, and I saw it on the islands, it came across. I was actually sitting at the um, island bar, and they had ESPN that popped up. And I'm sitting here like, four bears placed on the COVID list. I'm like, damn it. I said, I can't even have a vacation without my team having some issues. So, I saw that news, and I said, "Uh uh-oh, here it comes. Yep. (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong. Eddie Goldman. Elijah Wilkinson, Christian Jones, and Patrick Skills, correct? Correct. Yes, sir. Of those four, three of them have been activated. So Eddie Goldman is the only one that's still on that COVID list, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. So now, audience, we just want to let you know that players land on this list either if they've tested positive for the virus themselves or if they've been ruled a close contact of someone who has. So we don't know the situation, but it's interesting to see that Eddie Goldman popped up on that list because he did sit out last season due to the coronavirus. Yeah, Perez, and it concerns me because, like you say, he set out last season because of COVID. And then also there was talks about him, you know, pondering retirement, you know, the rumors that was out there uh-huh. and all those different things, even when, it's, when he's able to come back. So that does concern me a little bit, Perez. It really does. Now, one other thing to note when it comes to the virus, and A-Dub and I have talked about this in the past with you guys. So Ryan Pace mentioned that the Bears were near 85% of the vaccination mark, and he said that they're climbing. The NFL also mentioned that they have 90% of their players who have at least had one of the shots. So it's interesting. Jimmy Graham was asked by the media about that. And he said he was practically forced to get the vaccine. Now, A-Dub, we've seen a lot of news out here with these climbing numbers due to the Delta variant that there's a lot of companies and even the government, they're going to start instituting like mandatory vaccinations. What are your thoughts on that as far as what the comments that Jimmy Graham made? But then also just the comments of the fact that people are basically at this point now where they're like, hey, you're going to get this thing whether you want it or not. I see Jimmy Graham's point of view because now he's kind of feels like he's being punished in a way and how now these protocols are changing because they're starting to look and say, okay, now you're bulking us in with those who are not vaccinated. So we're getting the same kind of a treatment. So from there, you know, it's making you know Jimmy Graham a little disgruntled around that. But from the standpoint of just getting COVID press, as far as getting tested for it or getting a vaccination, 
I think getting the vaccination is a very important thing. I think really what they want to do is prevent the spread. That is the goal right there. So I understand Jimmy Graham was a little frustrated with the process and all that, but you got to understand when it comes out of COVID, man, you got to react quickly and things change quickly. But I think it's important that the most important thing is safety. So they may change some things up fast, but they want to make sure everyone, again, can play football. They don't want to have these season go on for us to where, hey, a lot of games are getting canceled or getting rescheduled. That's going to be tough on the players if that's if that occurs. Yeah, and you know at the end of the day, though, what this thing is about. It's the almighty dollar, right? The NFL, they are not going to allow coronavirus to infiltrate their season. So if Jimmy Graham felt like he was forced to get that vaccine, you have to believe there's pressure being put on by the NFL to make sure that these teams are 90% or above vaccinated. Yeah, you make a good point, though, Perez, around the fact that in the real world, right, a lot of companies are probably going to start demanding that you get vaccinated, right? Because, again, they uh, they want to prevent the spread of it. They want to make sure that, hey, you're good, you're not getting anyone else sick, or no one else getting you sick. That is the goal right there, if you want to continue to have us be able to come outside. Otherwise, we're back to what another shutdown. Yeah, and, and like you and I have mentioned multiple times, none of us want that. You know, an, an audience, we're not telling people what they should and should not do with their bodies. But at the end of the day, we just want to put the information out there that the NFL is taking this thing very seriously. And we're starting to see that these government entities and also companies are starting to take this thing very seriously as well. Because I even read somewhere, A-Dub, that Elijah Wilkinson isn't vaccinated. So it's, we're, it's unclear on any of these other players that are on that that were on that COVID list if they were vaccinated as well. Right. Because what I heard was vaccinated players who contract the virus, they can return after they have two negative tests at least 24 hours apart. But if right. it's an unvaccinated player, they got to isolate for 10 days, bro. 10 days is a long time, brother. We're talking about possibly press two games. Think about it, depending on when you get exposed. So you got to really think about what that can do to your team if a lot of players who are not vaccinated all of a sudden are exposed. Think about that. At whatever point this person tests positive, what if it's in the middle of a week? That's a game and a half or two games potentially that you're missing, right? There's just a lot of things that need to be taken into account because we're even seeing with other teams across the league with the Vikings. Mike Zimmer was pissed off because the Vikings put three of their quarterbacks on the reserve list last week. And he was like, look, we can put this fucking thing to bed if people go get vaccinated. I feel this pain, though. I feel this pain because that's what it does. It really impacts your team, and especially the chemistry press. Those reps are very important. If you're not getting it in, you're not working with the team, hey, that's a setback. It's just like mm-hmm. an injury. It's a setback. So Ron Rivera, for instance, and shout out to Ron Rivera. He had cancer last season. He beat it. But I wonder if his players realize that, hey, their coach has a weakened immune system right now. And I think that that's the thing that I want people to think about is not only just thinking about yourself, but think about the people around you. So his right. players keep his, his health in mind as well, because, Hey, if you do decide to get this vaccine, then you're not putting your coach at risk. In addition to that press, also your family, because when you lead the games, you lead the team, you go back home. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure you're not putting them at risk either. That's right. That's right. So we'll definitely see what happens here when, uh, when it comes to Eddie Goldman that's a situation there that we'll keep an eye on. Also, we're going to get into this later in the episode, but with Elijah Wilkinson being on that list and with some of the injuries that we saw happening with among that offensive line, him coming back came at a really good time because we need him out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we hurt, man, on that offensive line. It's, it's tough, brother, right now. 
I mean, okay, so think about it, right? So we talked about the last couple episodes, Tevin Jenkins, still out with the back injury. You got Latavius Simmons on that offensive line, concussion out. You had Larry Borum, the rookie, out with a concussion. You got Big James Daniels that's out. That hurts. With, with that quad injury. Yep. So you got to think about, man, that's a lot of bodies on your offensive line that are just out right now. And then you had Elijah Wilkinson that was out on that COVID reserve list. So as a head coach, but having those type of injuries that are going on, and we're going to get back to the Jenkins situation in a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you worry. But what I wanted to say, though, to you, A-Dub, is they had Alex Bars out there that they put at left tackle. It's at the point now where Nagy, he has so few bodies that he's out there tinkering and trying to just throw people out there and see, like, hey, will this person be a fit out there just to get through practices? When you look at a guy like Alex Bars, He's practically now played every position on that offensive line now. <laughs> right. <laughs> man, Perez, you hit some good points there, man. This reminds me of the regular season last year, right? We had to move around pieces, so many pieces. I'm just thankful that it's happening in the offseason than during the regular season. And I hope it don't continue in the regular season that's coming up with us having offensive alignment issues or people being hurt. But seeing that three guys, Perez, while possibly starters, are actually out with injuries right now, that's tough, man. It really, it's really hard to get some good chemistry going on with these guys. Yeah, and that's not even to mention, I didn't even bring up the fact that Jermaine Fetty is still on the pup list. So now he was basically your starting right tackle, potentially, you know, right. for the season. And then your starting left tackle, Tevin Jenkins, who's been out with the back injury. So it's like now <laughs> you have those type of pieces that are out. And now I'm telling you, no head coach wants to deal with the fact that he doesn't have either of his starting tackles available to him during training camp. Absolutely. Perez, this first thing popped in my mind. I was like, damn, did we let Lee don't go too early? <laughs> Who's been saying that this whole time and he didn't even like Charles Leno? <laughs> <laughs> I've been exactly. saying this all offseason. I said, I don't know why they did that. I don't know why they made that move. And listen, you know I love Big Tev. Yep. But I wonder... A-Dub, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Is this why he dropped to the second round in the draft? Because well, a lot of people had him pegged to be in that first round, and he dropped. Is this a pre-existing injury situation? Is this something we could be should be concerned by? I do know he missed a couple games in college with a back strain or a strain type of issue in his back. But I just wonder, is this a pre-existing injury that maybe some teams saw and they're like, eh, we'll, we'll go for another guy? You know what, Press, you never know, but th that's what can scare teams away, though. Whether you got an injury, you know, an uh, injury like a, when it's your back, you know this already, Press. that back doesn't always get healthy. It's like, hey, you can get it to a point to where you can still play, but over time, as you get older, you start to age, that becomes problematic, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And I don't, I'm not saying it is, it isn't, but the thing is, right now, it's not a good sign, right, that he's already having it, and he also had it in college, too. So it's like, hey, we want to make sure we get this sorted out, because otherwise, it'll hurt his career. Yeah, and so that's just something that I want to just make sure that we're putting across because when the injury first happened and when the news of it first started uh, happening, a lot of what Nagy said, it was a precaution, right? But Nagy said he was hopeful that Tev was going to come back last week and that he would be available for the first padded practice. Well, that didn't right. happen. You have to expect that the fans are going to be nervous about this. This is our starting left tackle. This is the guy that's responsible for our quarterback's blindside, A-Dub. Right, right. <laughs> and what it also leads me to think about as well, Perez, like, you know what? I don't want Justin Fields starting off and being a starter 
when we got this going on, man, I'm like, I don't know. I don't want the kid to get hurt early, man, because we got guys who are out and they haven't played. If they haven't played, Perez, I can't expect them to be at their best when the preseason star or when the regular season star. They need the reps to work them work themselves back into the game, you know. It just makes you concerned, right? At early on. And I'm kind of concerned about this, Perez. I'm really am, man. So Again, I'm not sure what it's going to, the season's going to look like with them, but right now, I will hope for this guy to, to get healthy and come back stronger. But right now, we have our doubts. We have our concerns at this point. A point that you just brought up that I wanted to just basically tag along on real quick. You brought up Justin Fields. Now, this is something that you and I have been saying all along. We've been preaching patience to the fan base. Nagy's been preaching patience to the fan base. This, seeing the fact that not only Big Tev, a fatty, but also now James Daniels being injured. Now, I'm sure that some of these injuries, these guys will be fine. But we don't even know what this offensive line is going to look like entering the season. There's no way you throw Justin Fields into the mix in that type of a situation, right? You got to go with the veteran, the guy that's seen all these type of defenses, the guy that's been in all these various offenses. He's the guy that I think you give the keys to for this offense. Let him go out there and do what he has to do. But back to the Tevin Jenkins part of the story. The Bears have had some really bad luck with highly drafted tackles in the past. That's why this Tevin Jenkins situation just really worries me, A-Dub, because a lot of Bears fans, you guys are going to remember some of these names that I'm going to rattle off here. Mark Colombo, Chris Williams, Gabe Karimi, all of these guys came here from big-time programs, had a lot of talent, but they couldn't stay on the field because they couldn't stay healthy. I hope that we didn't do that again here with this draft pick. I'm not trying to sound any alarms here because it's very too, it's too early to say. But it's just in my mind, I've seen this movie before, and I'm just right. really concerned. Now that opened up to our eyes even more. Are we going back down that same path? So far, we're off to a bad start around that. Let's just call it that. I'm hoping that this is just more of a situation where they're just trying to slowly work him into the mix, and it is just a strain and not like a fracture, because he did miss three games in college. That is something that we know. You know, and so that's not right. like I'm being over the top here, right? Right. And now he's suffering back tightness that made him miss an entire week of training camp practice. And we're talking about training camp press to where now you missed an opportunity to go up against the Khalil Max and all these other great guys. You're kind of missing that opportunity. And you also missed an opportunity to reps to work on things that you need to improve upon. So really, you don't want to come to the season still trying to work on things, right, Press? You want to be already be ready already. So what I look at this as now is a setback. You missed a lot of chunk of training camp right now already. So, you know, you're not quite there where you want to be. So I think for him, I'm wondering about where he's at mentally. Is he ready? Is he mentally there? Is he there physically? I just don't know yet. He hasn't been playing. Matt Nagy did stress that Tevin wants to play. He, he said Tevin wants to be out there. He said he's, he's foaming at the mouth right now. But the team is being cautious, right? So they're being cautious for a reason. And I think A-Dub is probably a wise decision. But to the point that you made, he's missing valuable reps right now. He's missing those opportunities to go up against Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn and some of those other edge rushers. These are things that would get him ready for that week one defense that's coming in here with the damn Rams and Aaron Donald. They keep telling you guys, Aaron Donald, you guys already know, it's a bad man, right? So I'm just hoping that once Tevin gets as close to 100% as possible, that we see him back out there. That's all we can do at this point, A-Dub, is just hope for the best. That's it, man. Hope for the best. And right now, it's a waiting game. I know I really want to see him, Perez. I really do. I want to hit the news early on to see if he's making some real progress. You know how I go, Perez. want to know. Now all that's on hold right now. So like you said, it's a waiting game and seeing when he's going to come back and how he's going to look when he comes back. 
That's right. Now, the Bears did go and pick up an offensive lineman just to help out with some of these bodies that they've lost during the training camp because all this you heard us talk about, all these guys that, <laughs> that have been out, that have been missing time here. So they picked up Gage Savinka, and he was an offensive lineman there for Clemson. So he comes with a championship DNA pedigree, and he protected your boy Trevor Lawrence. So right. a solid pickup, probably a camp body, somebody that can come in here and get some reps because right now, we're pretty. We're looking pretty awful on that offensive line right now, man. It's a lot of bodies that's out. Yeah, looking very thin right now. So I'm glad they brought a man for us from Clemson. Like you said, a good school. I'm quite sure it's part for the practice squad, but he can move up if we start to have injuries. Yeah, for sure, brother. But I'm going to just say this. I'm really hoping we get this situation with this offensive line cleared up because we know last season that offensive line had some struggles. We talked about the fact that Big James Daniel was our best lineman. He got hurt. And so there was some consistency issues, and we also had the implementation of Sam Mustafer into the starting lineup. Now, I will say this. All the reports that I've heard that Mustafer has looked really good in training camp so far. And, I mean, when we were out there at Hallis Hall, I, I thought he looked pretty strong out there, too, even though that defensive line was, was very stout. But I thought that Sam Mustafer looked very confident out there. So right now, this offensive line, I think it just gives me a lot of reasons to be concerned, eh, Doug? Yeah, man. And the other thing, Press, is just like two of our rookies, man, that we drafted, right? Like, man, Jenkins, Larry Bourne, both of our rookies, like, that we have that we have high hopes for, right, at some point. And to see both of them have the setback, it's just tough, man. It makes it hard. But um, I'm hopeful. I know you are too, Perez. I'm going to try to think positive that they're going to come back stronger. But, man, it's kind of scary based upon what we went through last year, right? Because we saw what we went through for that offensive line. And no way we want to go through that process again. It was tough to watch. Yeah, and so, yeah, of course, to Ado's point, we're still early on in camp, but I just want to be realistic about this situation and say that we should be concerned. And yep. you get you guys remember that I said I didn't know if we should have cut Charles Leno. I also thought that Ryan Pace could have done a better job of addressing this offensive line. And I think that now this is showing you that he should have done that a little bit more because the problem last season was the offensive line was inconsistent. And we right. had different lineups that they were putting out there until the second half of the season. So now, with all these guys sidelined, how do you develop people properly? You're not getting the rapport of the guys that are supposed to be your starters. Jenkins was supposed to be getting that time playing next to Daniels. And then Effetti was supposed to be getting that time playing with next to White here. We're not getting that experience. These guys are not getting a feel for where the other person is. Getting that communication down. Gelling together as a line. Right. I'm really hoping, dude that as we get closer to that third week of training camp, A-Dub, that we can start seeing these guys getting back out there on the field. I would love to see them come back, man, really soon. Because the one thing that crossed my mind, Prez, and thinking about the, the preseason and regular seasons, that, hey, with that timing being off, you talk about penalties, missed assignments, those things can occur when you haven't had enough reps or enough practice out there to you know get, get through the kinks of things. But you're right, Prez. Next week, let's hope and see what happens next, man. That's true. Now. Another area that we saw that was a little thin because of injuries was at the linebacker position. So Josh Woods was injured with a quad injury. We saw that Joel Beanieway injured his hamstring out there. That was something to keep an eye on. So with those moves, the Bears went and picked up Alec Ogletree. And now right. that's a name that we've heard that has really flashed out there on the field. And what I'm hearing, A-Dub, is they're saying – It'd be a surprise if this guy doesn't make the 53-man roster. Six interceptions in four practices? 
I mean, the guy been out there hunting, man. He's been out there playing, looks good in coverage, been able to pick up the assignments. This guy turning it up, man. He won another opportunity. He really does. And, and as we mentioned earlier in the show, Christian Jones was one of those players that was on that COVID list. So he returned. So it was definitely a need for Ryan Pace to go out there and get someone to basically serve as a camp body. But I will tell you this, like A-Dub mentioned, that guy went out there and he balled out. Yeah, man. So it's going to be hard to make a decision to say, hey, no to this guy. How can you really say no to him, Prez, when a guy came out this strong? It's really hard. It's going to be a tough task for Nagy to say no to a guy like this. Yeah, and I will say this, man. My buddy that went out there to kind of do some scouting for us, he mentioned, not only did he have those interceptions, but he said in coverage, he said Ogletree's been a beast covering backs and right. covering tight ends and whatnot. That's really important to see. But also, think about this. What did we talk about last season with this defense, A-Dub? We talked about the fact that this defense was not getting takeaways. Right. You got a guy now that's coming in here at that linebacker position, and he's taking the ball away. That is something that we've lacked on this defense, and you know that Sean Desai has been preaching that with this defense of taking the ball away. We talked about the takeover bucket that we saw out there at Hallis Hall when we went out there to practice. So I'm going to tell you, when a guy like Ogletree out there this linebacker room is probably one of the deepest linebacker rooms that we've had in a while on this on this Bears team. Yeah, Perez. And he's showing it, man. Like you said, man, those great things about him, being able to guard a guy in coverage, those running backs who come across looking to catch passes, that is huge, man. And also those big, strong-ass tight ends, man, that's out there mm-hmm. who are very good. So being able to cover those guys is a plus. You and I hammered Trevathan a lot last season. But the thing is, having depth like that with guys who are able to make that coverage – that's important, man. Very important. And the key factor you hit on, Perez, about Sean Desai is that those turnovers, man. We need those. I'm telling you right now, this defense looks very hungry and humble. And getting those turnovers is the icing on the cake, Perez. A uh, very fair point there, A-Dub. A couple of other names on the injury designation that I wanted to go over with you. We saw that Roquan Smith sat out a couple of practices last week with a growing injury. Now, Matt Nagy is telling us, hey, you know, not anything to be concerned about, you know, but for me, Whenever I hear that, growing injuries could be nagging, soft tissue injury, something yes. definitely for us to keep an eye on, right? Yep. No, man, I'm with you, Chris. I worry about that too, man. With that, list. It can be something small now that can continue to go on. If it doesn't heal properly, as you set out the right way to make sure it heals up, then we force them to get back out there. I would rather guy take his time on with that, but I, I do wonder that, hey, I hope this is not one of those things that could lag on throughout the season. Because you just don't know, Perez. We're talking about those kind of injuries like that. Because you go out there and play a physical sport. You can fall anywhere. You can tear anything. It doesn't take much at all. So I hope that he doesn't re-aggravate it going forward. Yeah, me either, bro. But that's something that I will definitely be keeping my attention on when you and I are at the game on Saturday. I'm assuming he probably won't play. But I want, I'll be curious to see how the players that are going to be behind Roquan Smith, how they look in that game on Saturday. But I will say that's a guy right there that we can't have missing any significant time this season. To me, he's one of like the, the I would say probably one of the, the most important players on this defense, just in my opinion, outside of a Khalil Mack. Oh, yeah, I agree, Press, because that guy can get all over the field. So if he can't go, that's tough on our defense. I'm hoping to see some guys flash for us to show us something in preseason. Like even, like you said, we talked about Alex Ogletree. I would love to see what he does, right? And some others, when they get the opportunity to see, okay, who's a good piece, who's part of that depth that can help us if we have guys subbing in, subbing out. Yeah, oh, that's a fair point. We also saw that Robert Quinn and Desmond Trufant 
were limited in practice as well. So you and I talked also about that cornerback two position and the competition there at that spot. And Trufant, someone that I told you about, A-Dub, when we signed him, I said, this guy worries me because he's shown the inability to stay healthy. And now we're seeing that he's missing time in practice. But what that's doing is that's continuing to open up the door for Kendall Vildor, who has been impressive throughout this offseason. And my thing is, if Desmond Trufant continues to show that he can't stay on that field, he's going to lose that spot. Man, Prez, I'm with you because Vildor is coming, Prez. He's made this a competition. It's not an easy walk in the park for Trufant. Trufant got his work cut out for him, man, because I can see Vildor taking a lot of those reps, man, doing his thing, and he showed a lot of improvement based upon what he did last season. So I'm looking forward to seeing this kid because he's showing us something in training camp. And he's one of the guys that I'm definitely going to be looking forward to seeing him, how he performs out there in the field on Saturday. Another guy, Duke Shelley. I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing how he looks out there, too, because I'm thinking from what I saw when we were at practice, Duke Shelley was lined up there in that slot corner. So that's someone that I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on. Him. But talk to me about Robert Quinn, the fact that he's limited once again with that back injury, because if now this is another guy, if he's not able to stay on the field, he's going to open up an opportunity for Travis Gibson to continue to emerge. So what are your thoughts there with Robert Quinn? See, Perez, we're talking about this back injury thing again, right? We yep. talked about Jick is a back injury. Now we're talking about Robert Quinn again with the back injury. These things can be nagging, Perez, ongoing. When you start to reach a certain age, Perez, it becomes more concerning. So I can see now with Robert Quinn, Perez, I can see him if he wants to return, whatever, he might get 50% of the snaps. And then guys like Gibson, who actually start to emerge, may get some opportunity to show some things because Gibson has been very good for us um, so far. And I've been impressed with what he's been able to do. So I wouldn't be shocked to see that kid get more opportunities out there, more reps, and show what he's able to do. One thing for our audience to think about here when it comes to the fact that Robert Quinn, not only coming off of a career low season in sacks, but also basically an up and down year with his health. Now right. we're seeing that he's having a little back injury. Now I'm sure that it's basically the organization probably being, you know, cautious, you know, whatever the case may be. But however, it's opening up opportunities for these reserve guys. So I mentioned Travis Gibson, but don't forget about the fact that we picked up Jeremiah Atuchu. Yeah, yep. And now he's also someone that's been having a really strong camp. So for me as a a diehard fan and A-Dub the same, I have such hope for this outside linebacker position, man, because I'm looking at some of these guys that are in the reserve and I'm looking at Travis Gibson, how he's bulked up this offseason, how he looks like an NFL player much more than he did last season when I saw him out there in the field. Right. He looks good, Perez. He really does. I mean, he's getting there. You can see the flashes of his uh, explosiveness. You can see it, Perez. You've got a root for a guy like that. But what this does to Robert Quinn, it shows that, hey, it's going to be limited opportunities for him because these other guys are emerging. And so I'm looking at that standpoint, like they're going to be careful with them. That means these other guys, like you mentioned, Press, are going to get the opportunity now. So I wonder if we're going to have this ongoing injury thing back and forth with Quinn, because it's a setback, Press. It really is. This guy not out there because he's hurt. Can't do anything. Can't do much. So if you want to come back and be better than you were last season, how can you do that if you're not on the field getting yourself ready for it, Press, because of injury? Well, you remember, man, he was one of our players to watch here in 2021. And I would just tell this to the audience. When I hear this type of stuff with Robert Quinn's name associated with it, it makes me wonder if the workload for Robert Quinn is going to be reduced this season. Is it going to be a situation where we're going to have him have limited snaps and then we're going to see more of Travis Gibson or Jeremiah Tuchu? I don't know, but we need to see more production outside on the other side of Khalil Mack. So my thing is, maybe that's what we see here in this 2021 season. 
But the thing is, I'm kind of glad we have depth at that position because uh, if we didn't, man, I'd be really concerned. Because, you know, last year we had other guys we were able to use, like Mingo, those other guys out there putting in work for us. With him being hurt now, I'm just glad, again, that we got other guys who can step in now. Well, let's get into the nuts and bolts of the episode here, man. So second week of camp observations. So the first thing that I wanted to touch on here on this episode is Justin Fields. So I will say this. I'm still on board with the fact that Andy Dalton should be our guy. He should be the QB1 in week one. But I'm telling you, from what I saw when you and I were at camp and from what my buddy said when he was out there for the two practices last week, he said, dude, this Justin Fields hype is real. He said, every day that I was there, he made a wild play. And he said he just looked at it and was like, what am I seeing? He said, I've never seen this type of shit with the Bears before at the quarterback position. So he said, man, we are in such good shape. So A-Dub. That's one of my things. When I think about Justin Fields, we knew he was going to come into camp ready to compete for a starting job. I mean, we knew he was going to be that guy. You're right. He has been a standout for us, no doubt. Even when I saw, we saw him in practice, right? We saw him. He didn't make bad passes or bad throws. When he threw the ball for us, they weren't being intercepted. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a little bit off, whatever. You can call it that, but it was right there. So, I'm like, you can see with him, he doesn't really force stuff. You know, he doesn't throw crazy passes that's off mark. So, he's always, like, there. And then you can see his speed. Got out of trouble, got out of jam. Man, he is so explosive. I even saw that pass he threw the whims. I said, man, how the hell did he get that off like that, throwing the ball sideways like that? I only see Mahomes do that, <laughs> really. So I was like, yeah, this kid does have a lot of talent, Perez. He can throw from all type of angles, man. So you can see it. This guy really got the arm strength, and he also have the, you know, the ability, the agility to move around, man, that pocket, man, to make something happen with his wheels. Whoa, 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 audience, uh, A-Dub here, I'm going to have to call foul on you on that one with that Patrick Mahomes little comp. You saw the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> you know I was going to hit you. Yeah, I do, man. I do. I do. What's coming, brother? <laughs> you hey. don't let nothing slide. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to the point that you were making, that sidearm throw that he threw, that shit was nice. That it was. was. Nice. <laughs> I love it, brother. But so, okay, now let's think about this, A-Dub. You and I talked about the fact of Justin Fields, during his first week of practice, he had some growing pains. You know, we talked about it. We were out there. We saw some of it. We said, hey, he didn't look as impressive, right? Right. But from the second week of practice, now we're seeing signs of the growth, right? And now with the preseason underway, A-Dub, you and I get to see this guy up close in person on Saturday. What are you most excited about to see with Justin Fields on Saturday? Man, what I'm most excited about Perez is he don't get to play probably with starters. I will hope we get a chance to play more with those guys. I'm excited the fact that we're able to see him play against other opponents, right? Opposed to just our own team. Now we also get to see how much he has grown as well. We heard some talk about Nagy, about the things he needs to work on with the huddles and get the team out of that. You know, I want to see what he's at now. So now we really get to see all that come to reality, Perez. So we can get the chance to see him, man. He showed up some great signs. That's good for our team, but now that our kid is showing growth, that's what we want to see now because now we're at a point to where this kid, like you said before, looking to take that job. So this is mm-hmm. a chance to show that, hey, I'm getting closer and closer. Once you guys get <laughs> to see me in action. Yeah, and, and to your point, he's going to get those live game reps now, right? And so yep. this is going to be his opportunity to show not only the coaches, staff, and his teammates, but gets to show this fan base what he's all about. And that's right. why this preseason is going to be very important for my man, Justin Fields, brother. Exactly, Perez. And what people have not taken consideration, Perez, a lot of what he's been doing, Justin Fields has been doing, 
has been against pretty much with the second unit. He has not really been playing that much with A-Rob and Money Moon. He's been the one to win to Williams and you know uh, Ridley. These guys are making them look good in practice. So imagine what could possibly happen if him throwing a Money Moon and A-Rob. That'd be even better. No, that's a good point. Also, too, another guy that he's been making a really good rapport with, and we talked about this on the last episode, Jesse James. That's another guy that had another strong week of practice, A-Dub. So when I'm looking at a guy like Jesse James, he's another guy that I'm circling on that roster sheet and saying, this is a guy I think is making the team. He's already made a name for himself in his short amount of time here, and I'm telling you, him and Justin Fields, they got a natural rapport. I watched him in that practice. There was a lot of times where they were standing next to each other. They were talking yeah. on the sideline. I yep. love to see that. Love to Absolutely. see that. Absolutely. Yeah, we're on the same page there, Perez, for sure, man. He's making a name for himself for sure. And like you said, man, that report, that chemistry, they know each other, Perez, that is even better. Because now it's like, hey, I seen you play. I know how you run. We got our timing together. I know that. So I know how fast, how long it's going to take for the ball to get there to you. So you get the little separation, I got you covered. I know everything about you. And I think that, though, that's another reason why we're seeing Jesse James make such a good impression during these practices because Justin Fields feels comfortable with him, probably has a really good understanding of where he is on the field. And I'm telling you, Jesse James has shown the ability to really catch the ball and get open. And I'm looking forward to seeing those two connect in that first preseason game. That's what I'm going to really be paying attention to. I want to see not only how he's connected with, you know, some of the starters, but I want to see that connection with guys like that and with a Cole Komet. I want to continue to see him evolve with some of those players. Absolutely, Perez. That's a good point, man. And I think a guy like Justin Fields, he can build that. Let's just keep it 100, man. We got a damn good quarterback. Let's just call it what it is. Because yes, <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I'm not sure this will be happening if we had any other type of quarterback who weren't that good. So this is let's us know, Perez. We got a good one, man. This guy's making a third string tight end look very good. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying Jesse James is a bad player. It just shows you that, hey, when a quarterback able to get you to get you the ball in the right place, the right position, Press, this goes to the good chemistry, the good things about our quarterback that says, hey, we got a good one, man. No, absolutely facts there. And this is the thing. We know this season, especially right now in this preseason, offseason period, this time right here is all about Justin Fields' development. And what's the best way for someone to develop? You learn by doing. So he's going to get that opportunity to learn on the field in these preseason games. And we're going to really get to see what this Justin Fields hype is all about, A-Dub. Absolutely, Perez. And one thing I don't want to let go unnoticed, Perez, is this kid's attention to detail. This guy is right there next to Nagy, like we talked about before, Perez, talking to Nagy through every play. When he's on the sideline, he's right there next to Coach. Coach talking with him, Perez. He's right there watching Andy Dalton. Very close up on him at that, Perez, where he got a good distance to see what's happening on the field. So this kid is engaged. He's locked in. Whether he's doing great or not, Perez, on the field, he's learning on the job right now, man. And, you know, using that using that as motivation to continue to get better. No, and I really, really am excited about that. And, and like I said, I want to make sure that people realize that I am calling out the fact that Andy Dalton has been solid in camp so far. So yeah. I want to make sure that we're giving Andy Dalton his props. But at the same time, we know that Justin Fields is the future of this franchise. And we just got to continue to make sure that we're putting him in the right places to be successful, that we put him behind an offensive line that's going to keep him safe. Because the last thing you want is for this guy to get hurt because we have guys off the street blocking for him. Right. And that's the concern I do have for our first preseason game, really. Who's blocking for him? That's what we got to really consider. Because the thing is, I'm not sure sure what the other team is going to do with their team. I don't know how much reps or snaps they're going to get. But I do wonder who we have protecting our guy to make sure that he doesn't get hurt in one of these preseason games. 
That's right. So that's something, definitely another thing that I'll be keeping a close eye on. But I'm telling you, I got major concerns for this offensive line. I really think that that's an area that Ryan Pace could have done a better job of, of ensuring that we had quality depth on that offensive line. And also, too, I'm just going to say it for the 50,000th time this offseason, I'm still not sure why we cut Charles Leno. I'm still not sure about that. Press right now, that thought process is really lingering right now over our heads right now. Like, man, after we've seen all this happen, right, with our um, offensive line, it's just tough right now. Because it's the one thing. You know that Charles Leno infuriated the living fuck out of me. And I had a lot of nice, not-so-nice things to say about him. But the one thing that you could say about Charles Leno is he was a durable player and he was always available. Absolutely. Without a doubt. We'll see what happens here with this offensive line going forward. But one guy on this team, the A-Dub, is never going to be talking shit about. And that's your boy, Darnell Mooney. He's another guy that's been showing out in training camp and had a really great, solid second week of practice. A-Dub, talk to him about your boy, Money Moon. Money Moon! The bank is open, baby. <laughs> yes. yes, sir. Hey, Prez, my boy been looking very good, man. I think with him working out with A-Rob a lot, Prez, in the offseason, that has helped. Help transition over to the field. You and I saw him working out with A-Rod. We saw the video clips, you know, we saw all that. And you can see on the field right now, doing practice, Perez, doing training camp, how he's evolving, his route running, Perez, how he's getting open. You put him in the gadget play, Perez, he get it to him short. He makes some out of it, man. We saw the explosiveness coming from him. I mean, the guy runs pretty good routes, Perez, and he knows how to get open. Right now, we got some people who can give him the football. Now, that's the difference right there, Perez. <laughs> we got it, bro. So, yeah, man, I've been very excited. I see the growth in Money Moon Press that he's finishing plays, bro, very well. Well, like we've said on this show many times, he impressed as a rookie, and that was without an offseason program or any preseason games, bro. And he became a really good, solid number two receiver next to Allen Robinson. So to the point that you made about the time that they got together in the offseason, well, what do you think the first thing that Nagy pointed out about what he's noticed about Darnell Mooney this offseason? His route running. Right. What was it that A-Rob and Mooney were working on this offseason? Route running. What is it that A-Rob does a really good job of? Route running. So my thing is, this kid Mooney shows you that he wants to be great. He got with Allen Robinson. And remember, when I asked you, why was it can't get right out there working with those guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. He's working with Holyfield somebody, right, wasn't he? Yeah, somebody said something like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> But when I say that, you know, and I know, I know how you feel about Darnell Mooney. And so it makes me excited when not only when I see the head coach saying that about his route running, but you and I saw with our own eyes at the practice. We saw the extra work that he was getting in at the judge machine. He was out right. there with the rookies. He was. You would have never thought that Money Moon was a second-year player, Perez. You would have thought that, hey, this is a rookie coming in trying to make a name for itself, Perez. He was that humble. He had no issues with doing that, getting to work in early press. He had no concerns. He was out there, man, like, hey, I'm humble. I want to get better. And I'm going to tell you, man, even in that practice that you and I were at, not only was the route running awesome, he continued to be open. And that was something that I always joked about on this show, that Darnell Mooney was open so often last season, but we had no quarterback to get him the ball. Well, like you said, we got quarterbacks on this roster now that can get him the football. And with this guy's speed and that deep threat ability, Oh, 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 man. Oh, this should be exciting to watch, Prez. It really should, even in preseason. And you know what, Jalen Ramsey? Darnell Mooney's coming for you, son. 
Don't get me started on Jalen Ramsey. Don't don't get me started, Prez. <laughs> I, I was gonna let Jalen Ramsey slide for a little while, man, to the game begin, Prez. But guess mm-hmm. what? I'm not off that. I'm not off him yet, Prez. It's coming. A dub coming. Listen, we got weeks, boy. And I'm telling you, leading up to that game, we got some words for you, Mr. Ramsey. We got yes, some sir. words for you. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you one thing. Darnell Mooney ain't gotta say nothing. We're gonna do all the talking for him. Exactly. You're going to see the tweets. The bank is open. And matter of fact, I'm going to send it to you, Ramsey. The bank is open, baby. I'm going to send you a the bank is open t-shirt, Ramsey. <laughs> I will enjoy that, Prince. <laughs> That's how petty we about to get. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ramsey, hey, Ramsey mess with the wrong guy, man. Money Moon. No, you don't mess with that guy. No, that's that's a DB. That's DB family right there. So, no, you ain't going to do that one. Darnell Mooney, I'm telling you, A-Dub, you're hearing it here first. Ten touchdowns this season. Prez, wouldn't shock me if he's a pro bowler. Would not shock me. I'm I'm not going that far. You may say, you're tripping right now. Hey, if he got ten touchdowns, it's possible he may have the yards to go with it too, Prez. Well, we'll see, A-Dub. I I like that. Uh, Oof. Okay. Okay. You I'm know what? Listen. The, hey, look, I'm shooting for the stars right now, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> you see me, baby. You see me. I see you. I, see, I feel, Listen, I feel the vibes. I feel the vibes. But I, I'm going to stay on that 10 touchdown level for now. But you know what, A-Dub? If that man makes it to the Pro Bowl, listeners, you heard it here first. This man, A-Dub, got a Chris $100 bill just in his pocket for press. So yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. We'll take it. Listen, because if that shit happens, that means he had a monster season. So I would gladly give you that hondo. <laughs> hey, look, man, I'm all for it, Prez. You know me, baby. Bank is open, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now you're really going to be hoping the bank's open. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about before we get out of here. When you and I went to practice, we noticed that Khalil Herbert was back working on special teams. He was fielding punt returns, and he was also fielding kickoff returns. Right. So now. We know that the Bears are going to have some competition for that kickoff returner position with no Corderell Patterson, but also now at the punt return position because now you have Tariq Cohen, who's still on the pup list, and he's someone that I'm really hoping that they don't put back on punt returns this season. So right. we have some openings there. So now with Corderell Patterson being gone, it looks like Khalil Herbert might be that guy at kickoff return because he was getting a lot of time back there in that practice that we saw, and I heard he was getting even more reps last week, uh, A-Dub. That's a good thing, Prez. If you go back to episode 50, if you listen to DBE, Prez and I talked about this. When we drafted the kid, we talked about, hey, what he's able to do. He was a running back, but he also did a lot on special teams. And we thought that him coming to our Bears team, with again, with Patterson being gone, that, hey, he could be a guy that could possibly step into that role. Well, guess what? Like Prez hit on it, we saw a lot of that in practice. He's been the guy right there, playing a position, get a lot of opportunities at that. It's a possibility, Prez, he might be the one that get the job. It will not surprise me. It will not shock me because, like you said already, with Tariq Cohen coming back for entry, we're going to need some other guys to step into those particular roles. Yeah. And like you said, uh, not only did he have that experience there in college, which you're right, we did talk about that on episode 50, but Herbert also was impressive to both of us in that practice with his burst and that playmaking ability. Because remember, I talked about the fact of, I wouldn't want to try to tackle that fucking guy if he was coming at me full speed. <laughs> yeah, man. He does have that burst, Perez. I saw, I was like, jeesh, he coming at you like that. And he got a couple of juke moves, too, to keep it going. I said, man, that's that's a tough kid. Tough guy to tackle, too. 
And so that's something that you definitely want to have a kick returner. You want someone that's got that burst and that playmaking ability. So honestly, I would love to see him get first crack at it. So listeners, this is something that A-Dub and I are going to be definitely looking at on Saturday at the game. So we'll see who lines up back there at the kickoff return spot. But I guarantee you, he's probably going to be one of the guys that's going to get first crack at it. I would love to see that, Frizz. It's not, hey, look, the guy I had experience with, like you said, in college. Hey, why not, Frizz? Why not? Yeah, and then also, too, we didn't even talk about this part yet, but Daz Newsom is off of the pup list. So now this is somebody else that's out there now trying to, you know, get an opportunity. So maybe we'll see Daz Newsom get maybe some spots out there, punt return, maybe kickoff return. Who knows, right, Ain't Dub? Yep, you never know. And again, Frizz, it wouldn't be out the rim of our thought process to see Daz out there in punt return. I know you missed some time already, you know, so I wouldn't mind seeing him out there in punt return if that's the only opportunity to get him out there on the field, if that's the case. So, yeah, Perez, he's trying to make a name for himself. He's coming back. He want to come back strong, you know, and, and try to show us what he's able to do, too. So these some guys here who want to prove themselves as NFL players. Yeah, and the one thing, too, about Daz Newsom, this is something that we talked about when we did our draft recap episode. Daz Newsom is a jack-of-all-trades type of receiver in that room. So right. that's going to be a challenge for him because he hasn't been out there. And I hope that he has been taking those mental notes because he's got to know what to do with each position out there with the wide receiver room. Yeah, Perez, it's harder for him. Like you say, it's harder for him for the fact that he hasn't been playing. So he missed a bulk of a training camp already, Perez, due to the injury. And now he's playing catch-up. How far does he get with now with another week? And then also we got the preseason coming up. Where does he go from here? Right. So that's a very fair point. But he's definitely someone that I'm definitely look forward to seeing what he does in that game on on Saturday, because that's going to be a game there that we're going to be looking at. A lot of these young guys on that roster, your Duke Shelley's, right. Kendall Vildors, right? Daz Newsom, Khalil Herbert, Justin Fields, just to name a few guys. These are guys that have an opportunity. And not even to mention guys that are on the, on the bubble of even making the roster. So this game is going to be very important for a lot of guys to step up and earn their, their spot on this team. Absolutely. We're trying to see who can help us out, Perez, in the regular season. So right now, like you said, this preseason is going to be very important, Perez, because this can tell us who's going to be playing and who might not be playing. Yeah, so we'll definitely see what happens. Audience, we missed y'all. We back. A-Dub and I will be at the game on Saturday. And we're going to do another episode Saturday night to give our thoughts and recap of that first preseason game. A-Dub, it's been a pleasure chatting with you again, my brother. Yes, sir. All right, man. It's a dope-ass episode, and we are out. A-Dub, gonna sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Barry Centers Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for your continued support of this show. Bears Nation, cover down with us.